The battle for the top four is heating up as we officially enter the final month of the NRL Telstra Premiership's regular season for 2020. And welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for this week. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and thank you guys for joining me every Tuesday afternoon as we look at the biggest stories in rugby league, and I give my tips for the current week in the National Rugby League. A lot of big stories to cover today. We're going to look, obviously, at the race for the top four and which teams I think can make a late-season run to try to get that potential fourth spot. Uh, the battle for the top eight is almost practically finished. There's a couple of teams like the Tigers and Manly that are pretty, pretty much having their final roll of the dice this week um, in must-win matches. We're also going to look at the biggest story in rugby league, uh, Kevin Proctor and his alleged biting of Sean Johnson in the Saturday afternoon match uh, between the Sharks and the Titans. Um, and he will be going to the judiciary tonight uh, to fight that charge. We've got an update on that story. And we're also going to look at whether Parramatta Eels are the real deal in 2020 after suffering a shocking loss to the St. George Illawarra Dragons last week. So a lot to talk about on the show this afternoon. Uh, let's recap round 14. It all started on Thursday night when the Melbourne Storm were very good um, and very clinical against the Sydney Roosters, winning that game 24-6. to I did, of course, tip the Storm in the upset in that game, making me one from one for the week. Uh, on the Friday games, Penrith were too good for the Warriors, 18-12, in a nail-biting match. And the Dragons uh, had a huge upset, as I previously mentioned, 14-12, to defeating the Eels. I tipped the Panthers and the Eels in that game, so I was two from three for the week. Heading into Super Saturday, my favorite time of the week, the Cronulla Sharks, uh, despite a lot of controversy, which we're going to discuss later, defeated the Gold Coast Titans 30-18. to I did tip the Sharks in that game. The Rabbitohs survived against the North Queensland Cowboys with a huge comeback after playing very poor for the pretty much majority of the match. They managed to beat the Cowboys 31-30 to in that game. I tipped the Rabbitohs there, which made me uh, four from five for the week. And then the Canberra Raiders absolutely annihilated a Broncos team that was pretty good in the first half, but again, did not show up in the second half. They won that game 36-8, to the Raiders. Maybe five from six for the week. Heading into the Sunday games, the Newcastle Knights defeated the Manly Seagulls in a top game of football. Um, I tipped the Knights in that game, so that made me six from seven. Heading into the final game of the round, where I went my upset, the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, to beat the West Tigers, but it wasn't to be. The Tigers kicking a late field goal to win that match 29-18, to despite a valiant effort from a Canterbury Bulldogs team that has struggled all season. So that is the Round 14 recap. We're going to look at all the games in Round 15 in one moment. But before we do that, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please subscribe, rate, and review um, my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. And exciting news um, that I'm going to tease on this podcast, and we're going to find out more info uh, throughout the season and heading into the finals. I am developing at least one more podcast. There is two in development, but there's one that I uh, want to tease on this show, and it uh, is definitely about movies. So please uh, look forward to all the updates in the coming months, but there is a movie podcast in development um, for the off-season. I do love film, and I'm interested uh, in discussing it and uh, sharing my opinions with uh, a co-host and some guests. So a lot to look forward to for the rest of the year. Let's get to my footy tips for round 15. So the NRL team list have just dropped and there's a lot of key changes uh, for a lot of teams this weekend and the round will all kick off on Thursday night at 7.50pm from Bankwest Stadium when the Melbourne Storm will travel up to Sydney to face the Parramatta Eels and all eyes will be on the Parramatta Eels this weekend, obviously after last Friday night suffering a shock loss to the St. George Illawarra Dragons in what was Paul McGregor's last game as head coach. 
Uh, the Dragons were clinical last week. Parramatta looked off. They looked tired. And they're going to be a hell of a lot better if they're going to prove any challenge against the Melbourne Storm team who uh, demolished the Sydney Roosters last week. The score was only 24-6, but they really dominated that match. Um, and for this Melbourne Storm team, they're missing so many players. Their captain, inspirational leader Cameron Smith, um, has been out for the last two weeks. Cameron Munster is still out as well. Um, Dale Finucan has just been injured in training, so he's out to up to six weeks, so he's most likely going to miss the remaining of the regular season and be back on board for the finals. So that's a little bit of boost, a little bit of confidence booster in week one of the finals for the Storm. Um, and they've also got Vunavalu, who broke his jaw late in the week. So a lot of injury concerns. Jerome Hughes was another one. He has been named in at halfback for him this week, but this is going to be a huge match with serious top four implications. Um, I said it last week, though, in their clinical victory against the Roosters, um, when I predicted it, I did say that the Storm are just, they're professional, they're clinical, they are the benchmark of the competition. They have been for quite some time. Craig Bellamy really knows what he's doing down there. And a lot of these young guys, whether it be guys like Nico Hines or Cooper Johns, who is in contention uh, to make the first grade team this week, whoever steps in and gets the job done, guys like Tom Eisenhuff, uh, they seem to be seem to just there must be something in the water because they seem to kick to another gear and really just step up when they get the opportunity to shine under Craig Bellamy. So um, as I said, they're definitely the benchmark of the competition at the moment, and the Eels are going to have to be a hundred times better. Uh, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown really failed to control the game last week. Um, Clint Gustin and Reed Mahoney were doing a lot of hard work and they were playing good, but uh, their forward pack failed to lift. Their halves didn't click, and it's really a uh, uh, a bit of a troubling sign if you're a Parramatta supporter because they started the year off so well. They're on fire, um, but it seems to be more of the same old in the past month. I mean, they are winning majority of their games, the Eels, um, but they're definitely going through a rough phase at the moment, and it's not season ending yet. Um, but if they're going to be the real deal in 2020, they definitely need to find some form in this last month of the competition heading into the finals, and there's no better challenge than versing the Melbourne Storm, um, that's for sure. So it's going to be an interesting game, this one. Uh, we'll see how much the Eels lift. Um, the side of Michael Sivo uh, and Michael Jennings, that doesn't seem to be firing as much as it was early in the season. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can fix that. And uh, really, their forward pack really needs a lift if they're going to match Melbourne's because... Melbourne will fight you for every meter, um, and they're such a gritty team for the Storm. So looking at this game, I was very surprised when I saw that the Storm um, are actually the outsiders. They're $2.30 at the moment on your major betting uh, markets, so just head-to-head from their major betting agencies. So I'd be getting on the Storm in this one. I reckon the Storm by six points. I reckon it's going to be very tight. I think the Eels will uh, produce a much improved performance this week. Um as I said, they need to if their season um, is going to shine in the in the post-regular season, if they're going to shine in the finals. So they need to start hitting some form. Um, this game definitely could be a match that can play them back into form, but it's all on them. And uh, they just need to do the simple things right because their handling wasn't good last week. Um, their kicking game wasn't good, and they really didn't give themselves many opportunities to get in an attacking, uh, attacking position to score points. And it's going to be a lot harder to get in those positions against a team as clinical as the Storm because they'll just choke your possession and they'll just um, really try to win that field uh, battle, that field uh, positioning battle So and keep you down your own half. So huge game for the Eels, huge game for the top four. I've got the Melbourne Storm by six in this match to start round 15. So we had a blockbuster to kick off uh, round 15 and it will continue with a blockbuster on Friday night from 6 p.m. 
at Panthers Stadium, the Penrith Panthers will take on the Cronulla Sharks, and both of these teams coming off wins in round 15. This game is a huge uh, match, not just for the Penrith Panthers' minor premiership aspirations. They can almost wrap it up if they win the next couple of weeks, uh, but it's also a big game for the Sharks if they're going to be in the battle for the top four. Um, Penrith, they didn't do it easy last weekend against the Warriors. They ended up winning that game 18-12, to but it was a, quite a grind, and the Warriors really showed up, and Penrith, admittedly, they weren't at their best, um, but as, as I said in the last match preview, the Storm, in my opinion, are still the benchmark in the competition. Uh, but when Penrith are the best, they're the most explosive team in the competition. Obviously, they've only lost one game this year. They did draw a game with Newcastle early in the year without Nathan Cleary as well. But since Nathan Cleary has come back on board, um, they've barely put a foot wrong. Um, the only negative, as I said, and I've been saying it uh, for weeks now, um, is that the Penrith Panthers can go through a bit of a time in the game where they drop off defensively a little bit and let teams back into the game. So they've got to work that part of their match out. But the Cronulla Sharks um, didn't do it easy last weekend, either despite what the score tells you, because the game uh, was locked 12 all before the Kevin Proctor biting incident, which, we're, of course, we're going to discuss in, when we get to the Gold Coast Titans uh, match prediction. But that incident turned the game on its head, and the Sharks scored free, game, uh, free tries pretty quickly after that. Uh, for the Titans squad and late consolation try to make it 30-18. to 18. This game's going to be a bigger challenge for the Sharks. As I said, they weren't at their best last weekend. They're going to have to be at their best uh, in this game if they're going to pose a threat to the Panthers because the Panthers can just really um, get you out of the game early. They, they score a lot of points in the opening 20 minutes and um, they're really hard to uh, stop when they uh, kick on early and they, they were at their best early in that game against the Warriors last week as well before the Warriors mounted the comeback. So... Uh, the first 20 minutes are very important. The Sharks are known for their gritty nature. They like to defend. They like to win games based on their defense, which could upset the Panthers' attacking structures a little bit. Um, I think the key for the Panthers, if they don't score points early like they have been in recent matches, um, just to persist and uh, not panic and really just do the basics right and uh, work for an attacking opportunity because there was times last week in that Warriors game um, where they were composed, like the first 10 minutes, um, they put a lot of pressure on the Warriors before they cracked them. But there's times where they were in attack of opportunities and they, they let them go away by um, really trying to rush the plays and uh, trying to get results now instead of building to results. So um, Nathan Cleary, obviously, is going to be a key part of that, um, and Jerome Louis. But uh, obviously, I, I think Nathan Cleary is the form player in the NRL. So... Um, it's going to be a big match, that's for sure. I've got Penrith in this one by 10, but I think the Sharks are definitely capable of an upset. Um, I think a, a loss at this point in the season wouldn't necessarily hurt Penrith. They are coming first, but if they head into the finals winning 15 or 16 games in a row, whatever it's going to be by that point, um, it's going to be hard. Well, it could be hard to maintain that momentum throughout the entire final season. So Penrith don't necessarily want to be playing their best football yet. But they're playing very good football, um, and they just want to keep it at that level, that benchmark level, but not going too, too far, not using too much energy this early in the season because while it's in the later se- parts of the regular season, obviously there's still a whole finals campaign to go. And for Penrith Panthers fans, the fact that they have been so good all season, um, anything short of a grand final probably would be disappointing for Penrith at this point. So it's a huge game, this one. Um as I said, Cronulla need a win to get in a spot where they can compete for a top four spot um, and really guarantee them in the eight if they win this game. So a lot to play for for both teams. And uh, I've got Penrith, as I said, by 10 points in this one.
And the second game of Friday Night Football takes place at 7.55pm from Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I don't even really want to talk about the Broncos. I'm sick of talking about them on this podcast. We're not even going to address that yet. Let's talk about the St. George Illawarra Dragons first. It was an absolutely outstanding performance uh, to lift for Port McGregor's last game last Friday night and get a much-needed win against the team that, you know, they've been one of the form teams of the competition this season, the Parramatta Eels. They really lifted in that game, and it was off the back of their forwards. It was a dominant performance by guys like Blake Laurie, Josh Kerr, Frizzell, Cameron McKinnis, some of the unsung heroes in the St. George Illawarra Dragons side. Um... And they half got a little bit more movement to play with. It was a pretty good performance out of dummy half by Ben Hunt as well. So um, very promising signs for the Dragons. It could be a little bit uh, too little, too late for 2020. Um, at this rate, they have lost nine games. So they pretty much have to win every single game for the rest of the season if they are to qualify for finals. Um, but they have a bit of a soft run coming up, and they definitely can win a few more games, and they really should be winning this game because let's discuss the Brisbane Broncos. And... Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. They've lost so many players uh, this week as well. Turbin's hurt. Uh, Flegger's out hurt. Payne Huss has been suspended for two weeks. Without even addressing the performance, you can really see that this team could really struggle. Um, they've dropped uh, Brody Croft, who has been probably the worst signing of the year. Um, one of my mates mentioned he only has one try assist this year. And really, uh, I mean, for a, a man that they gave the captaincy to straight away, um, I mean, they teared it was the future of the Broncos. He's really failed to deliver in 2020, but so is the majority of their players. And uh, let's discuss last weekend. It was a game against the Raiders where they were up at halftime. They went eight to six, I believe, that game. And the second half, they were absolutely awful. We're almost at the stage where the Brisbane Broncos accept mediocrity. They accept losing by 30 each week, and it's really not good enough. As I said, they're the worst Broncos team in history. We just got. Um, off uh, their pub case, um, and that was where 10 Broncos players have been fined today uh, for breaking quarantine. You got Hang On Jr. breaking quarantine. You got Anthony Seaboy breaking quarantine and all his drama with his lawyers um, because of all these persistent rumors that are out there. And it's really a ride off season with the Broncos. And at this rate, the way they're going with injuries and off-field drama after off-field drama, and not even showing up on the field when you're winning a game at halftime, which is absolutely pathetic. I don't see the Broncos getting out of this hole for a long time. I don't care who the CEO is next year is. I don't care who the coach is next year. I don't know if they're a team that can compete for the top eight next year because it's absolutely pathetic. And there's some guys like Payne Huss that try every week. He's not going to be there this week. So I don't know who they're going to rely on. Patrick Carrigan, he always does his best, but and so does Katoni Staggs. But really, these guys need some help, and the Broncos players and their whole board and their whole staff really need to take a whole a long, hard look at themselves and decide whether they even want to show up for the rest of the season because if they're going to keep playing like they're playing, what is even the point of showing up for these games? Just fourth for the rest of the season. Like Honestly, it's they're not coming last. I know the Bulldogs are last and latter, but they really should be because their performances since uh, COVID have been pathetic. At least the Bulldogs come out, they give their all every week. They almost beat the Tigers last week, but the Broncos... I cannot even think of a single positive that has come out of this season for this club. And in this game, <laughs> back to the match preview, in this game, the Dragons should be winning this game by 30 um, based on what I've seen this year. And the Dragons aren't well beaters, but they should have enough to beat the Broncos this week. And really, the Dragons, if they lose this game, they don't want to be the embarrassment of the competition. Hopefully, I can predict this game right because the last two weeks, 
the Dragons games. One week I tip the Dragons, they lose. One t- week I don't tip the Dragons, they win. So who knows in this game? Who knows what's actually going to happen? Who knows what Broncos we're going to get? Who knows what Dragons we're going to get? They're two of the most inconsistent teams in the competition. Really, if you want to skip this game, just go ahead and skip it. Just look at the results because I don't think it's going to be a highly entertaining game of football. Um, I've got the Dragons by 30, but as I said, anything could happen in this game. I mean, psh, do you know what's going to hurt? Watching the game. <laughs> all right, it's time for my favorite time of the week, Super Saturday, and it all kicks off at 3 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans host the Canberra Raiders. And the Titans uh, should consider themselves unlucky after the controversy in last weekend's game. The scores were locked 12-all with the Cronulla Sharks, and they really were looking good. Ash Taylor was playing his best game of the season. Um, Corey Thompson was killing it as well. Um, and then it all fall, fell apart. And let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about the Kevin Proctor, Sean Johnson controversy. Um, obviously, everybody's had their opinion since the game. Sean Johnson had his arm uh, wrapped pretty tightly around Kevin Proctor um, in the process of making a tackle. And it looked like Kevin Proctor um, went over and maybe... Um, bit him on the arm. Um, his, his mouth was already open as the arm made contact. So it's a very interesting case. Sean Johnson immediately, um, you know, accused him to the ref. Well, not accused him. That might be a bit too too rash, but he did he did acknowledge it and he did say there was a bite mark on him, which led to Kevin Proctor getting sent off uh, and the Titans ultimately losing a game where they very much could have won that game uh, last weekend against the, the uh, Sharks. So... It's an interesting one, Kevin Proctor. He's going to face the judiciary, and it's going to be very interesting how they rule. Um, obviously, one of the most high-profile cases of biting in the last 10 years was in the 2012 Green Final, uh, when James Graham did, in fact, bite uh, Billy Slater's ear, and he ended up getting, I believe, 12 weeks for it after the Green Final. The difference in this case is that Kevin Proctor has already been sent off, um, and the Titans are pretty much already lost one game because of that situation. So it's a little bit different. Um, there's been a huge argument in the NRL community whether, in fact, Sean Johnson, uh, his arm did get bit or whether he also, um, you know, he also uh, was given it to Kevin Proctor and, you know, it wasn't something that, um, that necessarily wasn't deserved. Obviously, no one deserves to get bit, but uh, if he was, you know, being an aggressor um, and getting in Kevin Proctor's face... Um, it, it's definitely an interesting situation. So I personally don't want to get into it too much further than that. I can make a case for both situations, whether he bit him, whether he did, didn't. Um, let's talk about Sean Johnson, uh, who did, I believe, in fact, release a statement earlier today where he did address the controversy. Um, and I'm going to pull it up now and tell you what he said. But in my opinion, um, I do think if he bit him, there wasn't necessarily too much force to it. Um but if he did bid him, he does have to get suspended for a, a period of time. I don't think it should be anywhere as near as big as what James Graham did because when James Graham did get sin-binned, he did definitely uh, bite him with some force and he didn't get sent off and didn't necessarily cost the Bulldogs the grand final in that instance. So um, I think it should be a little bit less harsh. I should have, think it should be three to six weeks for Proctor, depending if they find him guilty or not. So um, let's look at Sean Johnson's statement, he basically does say, and I'm not going to read it um, verbatimly, word for word, but basically he says he believes Proctor um, didn't bite him. Um, after looking at replays, he thought he bit him originally, um, but he says that Proctor 
you know, he's a, he has a good character and he doesn't believe that he necessarily would have done that. Um, he reacted obviously from the situation at the time and, uh, basically Sean Johnson just goes on to say that he will be, um, there to support Proctor and give some evidence tonight, um, to try to help Kevin Proctor get a lighter sentence, which is really good from Sean Johnson, uh, but it doesn't help Titans um, in their in their fight for last week because that was a game they definitely could have won, and it's one that went begging because of the incident on the field. Um, and they face the Canberra Raiders side this week as we get back to the match preview. They fought a they versus a Canberra Raiders side this week who were comprehensive in the second half against the Broncos. It was probably one of their best halves of the year so far. Obviously. The Broncos didn't show up, and they were pretty terrible in the second half, but the Raiders really put uh, their foot on the neck of the Broncos and uh, really dominated. Great to see George William get this back to some of his best form. He's really uh, improved since John Bateman's return to the team. I like the combination between those two players and Charles Dickel-Clodstad and um, a bunch of other guys in their teams like Jack Williams and... Uh, Jack Williams, sorry, Jack Wyden um, and Josh Rapali were at their damaging best as well, so... A lot of positive signs from last week's performance for the Raiders. They now are on the same points as the Sydney Roosters and are definitely in that fight for the top four. And this shapes out to be a key match in it. Um, it's not going to be an easy game for the Titans, uh, for the Raiders, as I said, because the Titans have been showing up the past month. They had a very good win against the Cowboys a fortnight ago, and they almost beat the Sharks, um, who are on a very similar position ladder-wise to the Canberra Raiders. So... Um, the Titans are definitely capable of an upset in this game. I think it's going to be a tight match the whole way through, but I've got the Raiders by four points. I just think their class um, is going to get them home in this game. And um, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an important one though because they're going to have to take some form into the finals at periods this year. They haven't been at their best, and um, if this helps them, this win helps them get back to their best football. Um, it's going to be do wonders uh, later in the season heading into the finals for them. So uh, the Raiders by four in this game. The 5.30 game should be a very interesting one when the West Tigers host the Sydney Roosters from Leichhardt Oval. Um, of course, both of these teams have had very recent struggles in the past month, not playing their best football. A lot of injury concerns for the Roosters as well that we'll get into in a moment. But the Tigers, they finally got back to the winner's circle last weekend against the Bulldogs, but it really wasn't pretty. At one point, they controlled the game 22-6, to I believe it was. Um, they were looking very good in that game before... Uh, they really dropped off the intensity and the Bulldogs managed to come flying home and they almost take that game at the death. At one point, they were winning 28-22, I believe, before a bit of class got the Tigers home in the end. Um, but really, this is the last roll of the dice for them in terms of their top eight um, chances. They're back to ninth, but there is a four-point divide between eighth and ninth at the moment. The Rabbitohs at in eighth, the Tigers in ninth. Um, of course, Manly um, also... Uh, on the same points as the Tigers on 12 points. Uh, they're in 10th. So, huge week for both these teams. The Tigers, they need a win to keep their season alive. The Roosters, on the other hand, look at the injury dramas they've had recently. Over $3.5 million sitting on the sideline in salary cap at the moment. So many injuries. They are boosted, however, by the return of Brett Morris and Jerry Ruhill Hargraves this week. And their halves combination will be completely different uh, because of the injuries to Liam and Keary. We're going to have a halves combination of Drew Hutchinson and the record Kyle Flanagan uh, this week. So a very different side that lost to the Storm last week, but uh, they're still missing a lot of key guns. Still no signs of Angus Crichton, Boyd Cordner. Um, obviously, Keary, who is one of their main damaging strike players, is going to be out for about a month as well. So it's a huge game. The Roosters, it looks like they're finally at the point... Um, from the last couple of years, they had a dream run the last two years in terms of injury. 
um, and scheduling, and they've been really fit. And uh, obviously, that's why they won the last two premierships in a row. Um, but going for three in a row, it's hard for any team. The injuries finally seem to be catching up for them. So this is a huge game in terms of their spot on the ladder. I mean, they're currently in fourth. There's a lot of teams breathing down their neck. Um, so the race is truly on for the top four. And if they're not careful, they can find themselves dropping out of the top four altogether um, and facing a potential elimination week one of the finals. So it's very important this game. They should be beating the Tigers, who, as I said, they got back to the winner's circle. It wasn't convincing. Um, but Trent Robertson should have his men ready to go in this game. Um, and it's a real chance for young Kyle Flanagan, who uh, started the year in very good form, uh, and then obviously he ended up getting dropped for Liam to really make a good impression and try to win that half spot back when Luke Keery comes back in the team. So um, it's an important one. The Tigers, as I said, they just need to do the simple things right. Uh, so many unforced errors. Their defensive commitments um, are questionable a lot of the time. Um they do have some promising uh, players in Dewey and Norfoluma who have forms really lift, lifted in 2020. Uh, Adam Dewey's making that fullback spot his own, and Norfoluma's just electrifying him in that wing. But if the Roosters can shut him down, I just don't know where the Tigers' points are going to come from. I've got the Roosters in this game by 16, getting back to their best form um, heading into the finals, and hopefully finally getting um, some play, much-needed returns from these players. I think Boyd Corden is due back next week, Sonny Bill in two weeks, and Angus Crichton in the next couple of weeks as well. So... When they get those guys on back on board, they're going to be a real force to be reckoned with um, heading into the back end of the season. But as I said, is injury um, going to be a huge factor in determining their place this year? Well, it looks like it already has been. So um, I question whether they can win the competition this year, but a team that's as professional usually as the Sydney Roosters, um, you can never officially rule them out. But the, Tigers, uh, the Roosters by 16 in this game as they try to get back to their best football anyway. And the final game of Super Saturday takes place at 7.35pm on Saturday night when the South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Manly Seagulls from ANZ Stadium in a game that has huge implications to the top eight. As we speak currently, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are on 16 points um, in eighth spot. The Manly Seagulls and the West Tigers both on 12 points at ninth and 10th. And Manly, this is an opportunity to cut that... Uh, that race for the top eight to two points if they can knock off South Sydney in this game. But really, the game against Newcastle last week for Manly, it's a game they should have won. Um, they were in control of the match early um, before the Knights came home um, strong and it was back and forth. And really, it was a missed opportunity for the Manly side. They, of course, lost Brennan Elliott to a season-ending injury as well. So Ruben Garrick's forced back to fullback this week. They will be boosted by the return of Tom Taroyevich next weekend. But if they're going to make the top eight, this is a game they 100% need to win. So Tommy Trojevic, as, as good as he is, I don't think he's going to have an impact on their season if they can't win this week. So it's that simple for me. It's a must-win match. Um, it was good to see Cherry Evans and Cade Cust um, creating opportunities last weekend. But I still think um, they don't look as threatening when they're attacking deep into the line. Of course, they did manage to score um, 24 points last week. But... Uh, Really, the attackive structures, I don't think they're a team that's going to score tries, many tries from kicks. I don't think they're a team that um, is going to really bother uh, Seahs for a lot of this game on attack. But it was very worrying signs last week for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I don't think I've seen a team play worse that's won a game for quite a long period of time. I mean, they managed to get up against the Cowboys 31-30, to but they really got ambushed as soon as they stepped on the field because the Cowboys were close to their best. Michael Morgan was on fire. Um, 
So was uh, Mitchell Dunn, and the Rabbitohs just, they failed to lift the majority of that game. It took individual brilliance from Adam Reynolds, um, and Cody Walker setting up a couple of uh, good plays out there to Alex Johnson um, to really win that game, and their forward pack really needs to step up this week. Tom Bird just probably had his most quiet game of the year last week. He's been probably the Rabbitohs' best forward this year, but him, Bailey Sirenen, Cam Murray, Damien Cook, they really didn't have much of an impact on the game last week. And uh, Manly's got a big forward pack. Um, they are boosted by the return of Martin Tapia this week. Uh, Paseca played really good last weekend. Uh, last weekend, he set up a couple of tries. Joel Thompson and Curtis Sirenen and Jake Tarojevic, these guys are no slouches, and it's going to be a very interesting forward pack battle because if Manly can get over the top of the Rabbitohs, I can really see a potential upset uh, on the cards here. I mean... They, the Rabbitohs have to consider themselves lucky last week. They are boosted by the return of Wayne Bennett um, back into the coaching ranks. He can actually come back um, and join them in training as of Friday, so the day before this matchup. Um, but as I said, it's a it's a definitely a chance for Manly to close uh, the gap between the top eight. I think this game is going to be an absolute classic. I think it's going to be very similar to when these two teams met uh, in the middle of the season last season. And I've got the Rabbitohs winning this game by one point. I think they just get the win again. Um, if they don't, the Rabbitohs, they could be in some trouble because they've got a couple of tough matches coming up after this week. So this is a game that could very well decide both these teams' seasons. I think the Rabbitohs um, just wanted a little bit more at the moment. And obviously, mainly have a lot of excuses with their injuries. Um so it's going to be a hell of a match. Um, it could be the match of the week, but I've got CFC beat by one point in this match in an absolute thriller. All right, moving on to Sunday football now. And it all starts at 2 p.m. from ANZ Stadium when the Canterbury Bulldogs take on the New Zealand Warriors in a game where both teams basically out of finals contention, unless the Warriors got gone this massive run of six wins. But, uh, you know, very unlikely to happen. And both these teams out of contention for finals, but it still should be a very entertaining game because the Warriors are playing a brand of football that is to be admired as of recent times. They really brought it last weekend to the Panthers. They almost uh, upset the team that most likely will win the minor premiership. Um, so very impressive performances the last couple of weeks. They brought it to the Roosters the week before that, and they beat Manly um, a fortnight ago as well. So... Um, Big one for the the Bulldogs as well. They want to get off last place. They were so close last weekend against the Tigers. I thought they had the upset in the bag. Luke Thompson uh, was impressive. Uh, so was the rookie Matt Dory. And um, especially Nick Meaney as well, who I believe was back at fullback last week. Um, but they are boosted by the return of Will Hobawati this week. So he shifted back to the wing for this game. But I think he made about 220 metres last week, uh, Nick Meaney. So... Uh, encouraging signs for both these teams. The Bulldogs, they're working close to the win. This game's definitely one um, that they have the potential to win, so they're going to be fighting for the majority of this game. And the Warriors, they're going to be looking to continue their impressive form as of recent times. Um, Cody Nikarima's game's really evolved um, this year. I mean, it's really improved since Kieran Foran left. Toru Harris, Jazz Tavanga, these forwards are stepping up every week for him as well. So... It's going to be an entertaining one, this uh, this game. Usually, I'd probably make a fart noise or or a snore noise and say that this is a game you can miss, but I'm actually looking forward to it. I've got the Warriors in this game by 10 points, but it's definitely a game that each team can win. It really just depends on who shows up in the day, but the Warriors at the moment, they're playing pretty good football, and if they had won a couple of games earlier this season, they really could be making a race for the top eight. So, uh, the Warriors by 10 in this one. Which leads us to the final game of round 15, 
and it takes place from McDonald Jones Stadium when the Newcastle Knights will host the North Queensland Cowboys. And Newcastle, they got up against Manly in a classic match last weekend, and they're almost proving um, impossible for Manly to beat at the moment. And I know they beat them all those years ago in the 1997 Grand Final. It was absolutely classic. But recent history, the Knights definitely have a very impressive winning record over Manly. And they've a Cowboys team that should find themselves very unlucky not to get the win last weekend. They really dominated the Rabbitohs for the majority of that game before a couple of late uh, match lapses in defense and probably not the best uh, playmaking to put that game beyond a shadow of a doubt and a lot of unforced errors. Uh, saw the Cowboys lose 31-30 to um, in regular time. So it was a shocking loss um, considering the form of Michael Moore when he really struggled in that game against the Titans two weeks ago where they got flogged. Um, but last week... Back to his mastering best. He set up a couple tries. He scored a couple tries. And so did this young bloke in Mitch Dunn, the second rower. So um, they definitely showed they've got a lot of attack in them last week, the Cowboys. And they could really upset uh, Newcastle in this game, who last week they were boosted by the return of Daniel Saifidi. He's out with his reoccurring knee injury again this week. Um, And I think for them in this game, it's all about getting that spine right for the finals. I mean, they're pretty much there, you'd think, at this point, but Kalen Ponga, Blake Green, Mitchell Pearce, and Kurt Meehan, they necessarily haven't played too much football in those positions, um, in particular Blake Green and Kurt Meehan together. So um, it's a real good opportunity against a team that's out of finals contention to really um, really get the combinations right. Um, so when they get into tougher matches, um, they know exactly where each other's going to be and they know the plays that are coming because I don't think Blake Green has fully... Um, Learnt, learnt the Knights playbook yet so a big game for both teams I mean the Knights forward pack is going to have to be good because the Cowboys do bolster one of the most impressive forward packs in the comp Josh Maguire and Jason Tamalolo Cohen Hess Jordan McLean Mitchell Dunn these guys got over the Rabbitohs forward pack last week so it's going to be an interesting challenge for Newcastle because um, they're going to be versing harder teams than this so they really need to be looking for an impressive performance in this game. I actually think the Cowboys are capable of an upset in this game, and I'm going to tip the Cowboys by four points. I think they have the attacking spark back in their team now that Drinkwater's back at fullback. He was very impressive last week also. But him and Mocha Morgan's combination and these big forwards, I think, can really, um, if they can get on a roll, then I think Newcastle can be down, will be down early. And I don't know if they've necessarily got the points to get back in the game like they did last weekend. They, you can't be behind every game and expect to uh, expect to be you know there come finals and winning matches in the final series. So they need to start on the right foot the Knights. But as I said, I think the Cowboys in the upset. Cowboys by four points in the final game of round 15. So those are my tips for round 15 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. A lot of games that you probably expected me to tip the favourites in which I did, but there was an upset or two thrown in there, and it really just shows you the divide in the competition in season 2020. It's been a weird old year, obviously. There's a pandemic in the world, and it's really showing in the NRL that some of these teams are showing up each week, and some teams like the Broncos just don't want to be there and just waiting for season 2021. So let's recap my tips anyway. It all starts on Thursday night. I tip Melbourne uh, to knock off Parramatta. I don't know how they're not favourites in that game. On the Friday night, I've gone uh, the Penrith Panthers to just defeat the Cronulla Sharks. I've also gone the Dragons to flog Brisbane, but you never know what you're going to get in that game. The Saturday games, I've gone the Canberra Raiders to beat Gold Coast. I've gone the Roosters to beat the Tigers, and I've gone the Rabbitohs to beat Manly in a thriller. And on the Saturday and the Sunday games, I've gone the Warriors to defeat the Canterbury Bulldogs, and I've gone the Cowboys in an upset in the final game of the week to beat the Newcastle Knights. So those are my tips for round 15. 
Let's move on to my bets of the week. And looking at this uh, week's bets, uh, there's not a lot of value um, at the moment. So I'm just reckoning you just put while, if you listen to this tip early in the week, Melbourne are $2.30. I think they're shoe-ins against the Eels. As I said, I just don't know when they're going to lose their next game. They've got a lot of injury concerns, but I just think they're too professional and they're too clinical in what they do. Um, so I can put the whole 50 on the Storm. You can get them currently at $2.30. They're probably going to firm in during the week. They could even go to favoritism by the time this match starts on Thursday night. So get in at that price for the Storm while you can. If you're not going to put the 50 on them, just put them in a moldy, do whatever you'd like to do. But make sure you get the Storm somewhere in your bet because I think they're an absolute shoe in Thank you guys for listening to the podcast for another week. Hopefully I can finally get that perfect round that I've been talking about. For months now, and the last two weeks, I've gotten 7 out of 8 and 6 out of 8. So hopefully I'm not on a downward spiral. Hopefully I can finally get a perfect round for you guys and your loyal loyal listeners that listen to me every week. But uh, please, if you haven't, like my Facebook page, Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Please like, share, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere you guys do listen to this podcast. And I'll see you guys next week. For round 16 of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Before I go, though, obviously at the start of the show, I did tease that I've got a new podcast. That will be end, uh, starting after the uh, season ends in the NRL. Um, it's going to be a movie podcast. There will be co-hosts. Hopefully, I can get some uh, co-hosts and some guests on this show next year, Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Um, but please listen out for details on my new podcast and my new podcast, Endeavor. I have loved doing this this year, and I, uh, I do it for you guys. Um and I do it uh, to just get my opinions down the world, and I, I enjoy it. So please support me uh, along my journey. But thank you guys yet again, and I'll see you guys next week for Steve's NRL Footy Tips.